0: And welcome back to Up The Villa Podcast. If you are new around here, subscribe, drop this video a like and get involved in the comment section down below. If you can, drop the video a like. Let's have a like target on this video of 500 likes. If we can get this video to 500 likes, um, you'd absolutely smash it. It'll just help push the video out onto the YouTube algorithm. So while you're watching, just pause the video now and press like um, and that'll be Absolutely huge. So, Aston Villa v Chelsea on Monday. It's been a bit rubbish for the fan base the last couple of days. Um, And if I'm being brutally honest, it's not a game that I'm looking forward to. You guys know me really well now and you know that I'm, I'm always buzzing to go down Villa Park. But... As we touched on in the debrief, it's it, it, it's just not a good vibe, is it? It's, it's really, really flat at Villa at the minute. I remember being in the away end um, for the Forest game and, and, and it was just really flat. It was really flat in the concourse before the game as well. There was, you know, there was no singing. Um, and it was just all a bit mellow, really. Um, so I'm not really looking forward to going We've got Chelsea coming up, who are in fantastic form under Potter, and he's sort of just getting them simmering along nicely with his system and the way that they play. Um, I watched them against AC Milan, and it was just cruise control really at times for them that they were that good. They, they're moving the ball really well. The shape of the team looks really, really well. Abamyang looks like he's sort of got that little bit of that spark, that yard that every striker needs and that little bit of a killer instinct. Mason Mount is playing really, really well. Um, and they look really, really solid at the back as well. So, yeah, I, I'm not really looking forward to going, if I'm being brutally, brutally honest. But you never know, we might turn up and we might putting a massive performance like we did against Man City. That is the one key hope that I've got going into this game. I think it's going to sound absolutely stupid, but I do in the way kind of think playing against a team that's going to have majority of the ball, that's going to press us, may give us a slight opportunity because we've come up in the last two games and... And a lot of teams we've played this season have have said, break us down. We will sit here and we will let you have the ball. We won't engage. Forest didn't engage until we were in their half. So when we were knocking it around in our own half, aimlessly, giving it to Louise, giving it back to Mings, Mings giving it to Ashley Young, they were happy with that. They were happy. They were just saying, go on then do what you want, but the minute you get into their half and you edge towards their 18-yard box, that's when they're pressed, that's when they engage, that's when they manipulate their shape to, for Villa to have the ball in areas which they want us to have the ball, basically. They were happy with us to have it out wide because they knew we would knock it back inside and they would just move their shape to make us do that. And, um, So the last two games, that's been generally the pattern of what's happened. They've just been happy for us to just knock it around. And in slow-mo, it's been very boring to watch. Uh, And that is where the problem for many Villa fans has lied, that that creative spark just isn't there. Um, And that is one of the major factors now. You know, I'll read everybody's comments that comment on this channel and now we've started to get some I think we've started to get some Liverpool fans watching because they the comments are very much down the road of Villa fans are absolutely deluded for wanting the manager to go and and they, they don't understand it. But you know, if I'm saying that we're unbeaten in four games, you'll be thinking, okay, that's not that bad, but that is not the tale of the you know, that's not the, the bigger picture. The bigger picture is the football's rubbish and it's boring to watch and we don't look like breaking teams down. And I think that's fair for any Villa fan to say that because it's it's your hard-earned money. You're paying the money to go and watch that team and it's not entertaining enough. It's not good enough. The What we were told in the summer is that we were going to be going to finish in seventh place. The words came out the manager's mouth that Aston Villa were aiming for seventh position. We've been told that we're trying to achieve Europe. We've been told we're trying to get into the top half of the table. Now we are languishing in 16th place. That's not good enough because we have physically been told we're aiming for seventh. So you can understand why fans are starting to get annoyed because we are nowhere near where the objective is. So... That in itself is a major issue as well. So I think all in all, that is why Villa fans are starting to get annoyed. If, if any neutrals are watching this and they're wanting to understand why the fan base are sort of wanting the, wanting the manager out, that's a bit of a starter, that's a bit of a starting block. So um, so that, that is a bit of a problem. But So going back onto, onto the Chelsea game on, on why I think it may help us slightly is that Chelsea aren't going to let us knock the ball around in our own half aimlessly. They are going to want to engage. They are going to want to win that ball back off Aston Villa high up the pitch. Because if they can win the ball back off Villa high up the pitch, they're able to counter us and able to have more pace and be more direct in an area in which we would have problems losing the ball in. So, that in itself is where I think it could possibly help Villa. I think the, the, the way that they are going to press Villa as well is probably going to help if we want to keep the football. Because if we can beat their press, then it's going to leave them vulnerable at times as well. So I think that in itself is going to probably help Villa at times. But what Villa have got to do is we have got to be brave on the ball. We have got to show a bit of ability on the ball. We've got to take chances. We've got to take risks because we have to take those risks against those top sides. And I felt like when Man- when we played Man City at home, we did take risks. We did take risks with the ball. And it gave us a little bit of joy. We-, we created numerous, numerous chances. I don't know the stats behind this, but I would probably say Villa have created probably... Arguably, some of the most chances the teams created against Man City this season because at home we created numerous chances against Man City. We were able to keep Haaland pretty, pretty quiet, you know, albeit for that one goal that he scored. But apart from that, he was pretty, pretty quiet in, in Haaland's uh, season. So I think it's key that we go back to that game against a team that is a level above the teams that we've been playing at the minute, I think. Uh, so that's the, the thing that I can cling on to, the fact that they are going to press us. They are going to engage us. They're not going to want us to have the ball. So it's down to us to, to be bold and just not show a bit of swagger, but I want to see Ramsey on the ball more. I want to see uh, McGinn's accuracy better. I want to see us having a bit of, a bit of belief, a bit of, when I said swagger, just I meant like we are Aston Villa at home. Like, if you come into our, our patch, you gotta, you, we're gonna impose ourselves on you. And that, that's what I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, you know, Steve Gerrard as a player, he had that bit of, he had that bit of bite, didn't he? he had that, he had that bit of arrogance on the pitch. Now, I want to see some of them Villa players having that trait on the pitch because. It's okay to slate Gerard's system, right? And I think me and Justin did allude to this in the debrief. But when we're getting the ball wide, Matty Cash, take someone on, do like take someone on and 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 just try and dribble past somebody. And that's something that I feel like we're not doing enough of at the minute. We're not. When we when we're up against our when we're up against their man, so individual battle, should we say? I don't think we're doing enough in the individual battles. So say for example, one v ones, right? I'm not seeing enough of us driving and and taking players on. I'm not seeing enough of Ramsey progressive carries with the football. I'm just not seeing enough of that, and I think we need to see more of it because we need to see less of the passing it back and more of just taking someone on. and And I think we'd get we'd probably get a little bit more joy by doing that. Um. So, so that's an area where I feel like we we could we could improve on slightly. I want to see. If it's Ollie Watkins, if it's Cameron Archer up front, I want to see them peeling off their defenders. I want to see them running in behind. You know, I don't I don't want to see Watkins out wide because we need him in in the central areas where if the ball does go in early, he's willing to attack it early. I want to see him going past their defenders. I want to see those runs you know, if the ball doesn't go in, at least if I'm seeing him trying to make that run, then I'd probably feel a little bit happier in the whole 10 watching him do that. So I just think my general point here is a little bit more player responsibility as well, because, and I touched on this in the debrief as well about uh, the psychology behind these players. Now, A lot of you have touched on this and and your points are fair. Your points are really, really fair. Now, what they're saying is a lot of these players are Dean Smith players and a lot of these players, they're saying, haven't progressed and they aren't good enough. And I I think that's a little bit harsh to say that they're not good enough because I would look at these players and think... They are more than good enough. There's a certain few that I would say are good enough. I'd say they're in poor form. But the one thing I would say about these players is that they revert back to type. And what I mean by that is when we were struggling under Dino and he wanted performances and it it felt like heads were down and... They were feeling sorry for themselves. That's how I felt it was too. And I don't want to go back to the Dino thing because we've been there. We've moved on. It's now we're where we are now. But what I would say about this is, it was heads down, doom and gloom, feeling sorry for ourselves. Nobody really took it upon themselves and the responsibility to drag Villa out of the position that we're in. We limped. We limped to get in. Dino the sack. Right. And what I'm seeing now is that similar sort of trait with the players where, you know, after the game, the heads are down. We don't want to go over to the away fans. We don't want to. We don't want to do this. We're feeling sorry for ourselves. We're not taking the responsibility on the football pitch to show our ability. And we should be because we're not losing every game. We're not getting battered every game. We're not conceding three or four every game. The points tally's ticking over, but we've got to see a little bit of responsibility on the football pitch of, of some of the players. And and that is my general vibe of my point that I've just tried to make. And, and the characteristic is they let Dino down and now we're limping and we sort of like, we're in the same, we're in the same mould, aren't we? Like we, we just, we sort of, we are waiting for something to happen. And I'm not going to say it, Villa fans. I'm not going to say it. But that's what it feels like. That as, as a collective, they're not they're not helping each other. And, and that's my initial, that's my general vibe of what I've tried to make there. Is that I do feel like they need to just start showing a bit more about themselves. A bit more personality, a bit of charisma on the football pitch. Help each other out a little bit more. And, and I think they'll be fine. I think they There's more than a good enough team, in my opinion, right? And I'm not saying we are going to finish there, but there's more than a good enough team here when everybody's fit to be finishing around 10th place, right? There is more than a good enough team. And that is my honest, honest opinion that this team should be doing far better than what it is. Um, So let's go ahead then. And just have a little look at how um, Chelsea line up. So in the Premier League era, we've played 54 times. Villa have won eight games at home. Chelsea have won 16 games at Stamford Bridge. Villa have won five at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea have won 12 at Villa Park. Last three, uh, we lost 3-1 to Chelsea Boxing Day last season which was a very, very good Villa performance in that first half against Chelsea. Lukaku came on, uh, absolutely destroyed us, and then he just went back to doing pretty much nothing all season, standard. Uh, at home last season, again, we played really well at a Stamford Bridge, uh, especially in that first half, and we came uh, away with a 3-0 loss. I think Lukaku got his first goal back for Chelsea there, didn't he? He destroyed us as well. And then uh, when we had a couple of Villa fans back in the stadium, it was the 2-1 win, wasn't it? Uh, Which was good. Form table for Aston Villa, as you all know, unbeaten in four. Uh, Chelsea are in decent Premier League form now. Three wins in a row. Uh, This season, their fourth, we're 16th. Uh, Average goals conceded per game, both at 1.2. So they are currently uh, leaking a goal per game, which is decent. And they are scoring 1.6 per game. So they're nearly getting it, scoring two goals per game. And we are at 0. 0.8 per game. Chelsea strengths are creating chances with through balls. Aerial duels won, uh, stealing the ball from the opposition. Um, and their weakness is avoiding offside. Chelsea style of play. Controlling the ball in the opposition half, attacking down the right, possession football, short passes, play with width, aggressive and rotate the first 11. Their side that beat Wolves was Asquilaqueta, Chalaba, uh, Koulibaly, Kukureya, Loftus-Cheek, Jorginho, Gallagher, Mount, Pulisic and Havertz. And uh, Kepa is back in goal. Uh, interesting that he's now uh, gone with Kepa in goal. And their average positions against Wolves was very, very Uh, attacking so Villa fans, how do I really see it going? I think it's going to be difficult. They're really, really strong, like you've seen in some of their strengths. They're strong aerially, they win the ball really well. Uh, Koulibaly, absolute monster of a defender at the back as well. Um, I think my worry would be offset pieces as well, and um, especially corners. I think they pose a real big aerial threat. I think they are going to dominate the ball, but I think it's down to Villa to take the game in a place that they don't want the game to go into. So we've got to be aggressive. We've got to be hungry. We've got to win the ball back. We've got to not give them time on the ball. We've got to transition the ball over. We've got to turn it over and we've got to drive the ball at them. I think we've got to pay. We've we've got to be aggressive. We've got to play with energy and we've got to be attacking. We've got. I think we've got to... You know, set a high tempo. I think we've got to move the ball quickly. I think at times, go with a long ball. I think that might work. Don't want to see us being long ball merchants. I think there's a bit of a difference between playing that long ball. I know Tyro Mings did a couple against Forrest, and it worked really well trying to find Watkins. I think every now and again, it works well. Um, but I think it's going to be really, really difficult. And um, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a tough one. Um, I did ask on Twitter for some fans to uh, send in a couple of questions uh, and a couple of thoughts. So we'll just run through a couple of them. Gary Plaza put, if you want to play with pace, what about playing Ollie on the left, Bailey on the right with Ings down the middle? No Coutinho or Buendia might be our answer. Honest vibe on that one. I think if, if a new manager did come in, I think they may look at that situation because we have no wingers at the club. So I think they might go with putting Oli out wide. Uh, but it's something that I definitely don't think um, Gerard will do. Don't think Gerard will do that. Uh, Scott has put Pochettino or two quarterfares into the Champions League. Uh, if I had to pick one of the two, Both, as it currently stands, right? This is what I would understand are unrealistic. I would say both are unrealistic. Tuchel would be the absolute... If I had to pick a manager to have at Villa Park right now, and it it would be a complete dream, I would have Tuchel all day long. He would be the guy that I would go with. Pochettino... I would really like Pochettino, but I'm not sure he'd come. Is what I'm going to say about that one. I'm not. I'm just not sure. I'd I'd like him. Don't hold me to this, but I'm just not sure. Um, Ellis has put best play you've seen play against Villa live. Is a tough one. Very tough question because so I have seen some really good players at Villa Park, but sort of never play that well at Villa Park, such as like like a Salah, like every time Salah's come to Villa Park, he's never really, never really done much, has he? Like a Mane, he spagged a few goals against us, but he's never really played well against us once off the top of my head. I'd say I saw Gareth Bow's hat trick at Villa Park. I think he was very, very good player uh seeing live. Um, Thierry Henry live. Um, I thought was really good. Uh, I've liked watching well, not, not liked watching, but Aguero, you know, he's as a striker, his movement was just fantastic. So, players like that, uh, that I'd say, um, obviously, that he wanted the question against Villa, so I'm not going to say any Villa players. Uh, John. Wilson as poor is the recent two transfer windows showing a clear picture of a transfer policy or not Um, I think January was a decent one with with Luca Dean. I think they were highlighting quality uh, I think that's what the the mold has been it's been quality in certain areas. And when a transfer was available, we would go for that transfer. So I think the Luca Dean one was really good. Um, Callum Chambers, I think it's a weird one. If I'm being brutally honest, I think it's such a weird transfer because every time I've seen him play, he's been brilliant, but he just doesn't play enough. So he sits on the bench and I, I don't think that helps his career. I don't think... That's good for any player because it's always always feels like you're good enough when we need to rely on you and when we need you to come in. But I don't think a player can always just come in and be like, I can deliver every, every time you ask me to when I don't play week in, week out. So I think that's a bit of a weird one. The summer started off brilliantly. Kamara, Carlos, absolutely fantastic. And then I felt like it, it mellowed. It, it the window. I'm not. I'm not going to say lacks ambition because I think the, the owners back have backed us. And over the course of the two windows, they've been we've signed players and spent money. But I think the summer one just sort of petered and plateaued. And and I think in the middle of that window, it needed it needed a central midfielder to come in of high high quality. And I think we'd have looked a lot better now. Um, and I think now it looks like we probably needed a striker. Um, so I think that how it went is just it plateaued. But I think what Perslo saying now is it's now going to be, we bring in major, major, major quality. So it's sort of like if we sold Matty Cash, we would bring in, a better version of Matty Cash. We would spend big. That's the way I feel like it's going to go now. It's not, I'm not saying it's sort of like, it's not one in, one out. It's about managing a squad because we've got a high level of players. Um, so that that's the way I feel like it. it, it it's it's potentially, potentially going to go. The Dendonka one, as I said on the debrief, He's weird because you've brought him in but you've not you don't you, he's not gone straight in he's basically now a squad player so again we we sort of stockpiling players in that way in that sense so I'm talking about Sanson no point warming up you're not coming on um we did have a question about Sanson as well that I, I would like to answer um oh, where is it Did ever Sanson one? Well, I can't. I can't. For, oh yeah, Sanson. Um, this is from uh Nepal first. So he's put Sanson. What did he do that was so bad? I, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't think he's actually done that much wrong. Um, where some players in the past probably have and and are still sticking around, but um. I I felt like when I was watching that game against Forest that it needed Sanson to come on. I felt like it just needed some energy in midfield. It needed someone in midfield to just come on and do something a little bit different. Um, So I think he's been hard done to. I would probably say I'd like to, you know, are we too good for Sanson? That's what we're basically saying. We're basically saying, Sanson, you are not good enough to play for this football club. I don't feel like Aston Villa in a position to be saying to be doing stuff like that. So, I think he probably should be coming on in games and, and changing it, and probably just adding something a little bit different. Um, I always think he's looked pretty tidy when he's come on. I know there was the back pass against was it United or Chelsea or someone like that, but I, I would like to see him get gets a, a couple of minutes because I don't think we're in a position where we can be, you know, just not. Giving players minutes really uh, are there anymore? Um, there's a question about being in decline since John Terry left. I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's that's a thing. I don't think. I don't I don't, don't see. I don't think that that's a thing at all. To be fair, I just yeah. I think defensively we. We were looking bad and now we, we look like we, we're all right at the back now. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wouldn't read too much into that one. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the little questions and, and, and thoughts from some of the Villa fans. So, I've got Solo on this one. Gone, you know, a bit of a decent long episode, it? 20, 28 minutes, something like that. Um, so, hope you've enjoyed it. Hope I've slightly entertained you a little bit. Hopefully I've... Lifted the mood a little bit. Not not too doom and gloom. I mean, you know, I have to see how it goes after Chelsea. Um, we will do a fan cam straight after the game if you want to come and say hello. Uh, fan cams will be in the usual place, just at the back end of the McGregor statue. Um, and my score prediction for this game. I'm going to go... I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling two. Right, so there's, I've got two how I'm feeling. Now, they've just played in the Champions League. They rotated their squad. Generally, teams that have played in Europe sometimes are a little bit slow to get going, aren't they? So it's important that we do all the things that I've discussed in this episode. So with that in mind... I'd go with go with a one one. But if Prime Chelsea turn up and Potter ball turns up, and we have played decent against Potter. I don't think Potter's beat us, has he? Um, I mean even at Brighton, I don't think he's beat us. I can't remember us losing to Brighton recently. And I can't remember I can't remember to be fair, but I don't think he has. So his record against Villa's not that great I don't think um, but if Prime Potter ball turns up then it would be about 3-0 it would be about 3-0 uh, and if that happened then the atmosphere would be not great so hope you've enjoyed the episode we'll be back for our predicted lineup. Um, and enjoy it enjoy the content subscribe to the channel Up The Villa